Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. It's the first day of February. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia Pacific markets are mixed this morning. We are seeing strong gains in Tokyo and Seoul, but a bout of selling over in Sydney. The Nikkei is up 1%. Seoul's Kospi isn't too far behind, trading up two-thirds of a percent. But the ASX 200 in Sydney is down more than half a percent. Investors are likely to continue eyeing retail counters like GameStop this week. Joining me now to talk about all that and to break down the market action is Ryan Huang, who I welcome back after a two-week break. How you doing, Ryan? Hey, Michelle. Thanks so welcome. So far, so good. Catching up my emails. And there is, of course... That no familiar hill on day one that I have to overcome that mountain of emails and all the homework I need to catch up on. Oh, yeah. But you're looking really rested. So good to have you back. Yeah. So that's what a cruise to nowhere does for you. Oh, you must tell us more about it as the days go on. Now, when you were cruising, did you follow the GameStop saga? So I have to say, when (laughs) I left for my vacation... It was a very different type of market. And when I came back, it's like a <laughs> almost new era of trading. You mean There's, you weren't following all that? Were you? I try not to. Oh, you tried to switch off. So I tried That's to disconnect. Good. But I was still catching up with the headlines. And almost every day, yeah. there was a headline about GameStop. Absolutely. It was like front row on history. You know, it's a history-making uh, event, I feel. So regular listeners of this program know that GameStop is a loss-making brick-and-mortar video game retailer. And it captivated the attention of investors all of last week. And it cost hedge funds who were shorting the company a lot of money because GameStop shares skyrocketed. They're up an incredible 1,600% since the beginning of the year. So, Ryan, what did you think of the decision of online retail brokerages like Robinhood to limit trading or more specifically the buying of GameStop and other popular shares? Yeah, like you mentioned, this is history in the making. It might not just be the story of January. It might be the story of the year or even a decade because this has so many ripple effects down the road that have not yet unfolded potentially. And if you look at what's happened with the latest, I guess, chapter of this um, saga, you've got the brokerages like IG, Robinhood, um, Sexo, all of them putting restrictions on the likes of GameStop and many other similar type of companies uh, because of what's happening with the volatility of these stock prices. And what's happened is when stock prices go up by so much, um, what the brokerages need to do, like Robinhood, they need to cough up collateral with the clearing houses. And with such spectacular spikes, they need to cough up even more. And Robinhood has come out to say uh, this has actually cost them 10 times as much collateral in some cases. So they are trying to buffer or preempt a liquidity issue um, and now restrict uh, restricting investors to just trade one share per user of these stocks. So you can't buy fractional shares anymore. So this is the type of restrictions just to, I guess, ease things over with these uh, levels of volatility right now. Yeah, on the one hand, it's seen as, okay, these are capital requirements. On the other hand, it's seen as, why are you guys changing the, the rules of the game midstream? So Robinhood says it needed to limit trade as it topped up its capital to comply with U.S. rules. A number of observers, including some U.S. lawmakers, are questioning whether the firm's links to institutional investors like Citadel didn't play a role as 
as well. It wasn't just U.S. brokerages that were limiting trading, as Ryan mentioned. A whole host of Singapore brokerages curbed trade in GameStop as well, uh, as well as shares in headphone maker Koss and mm. cinema chain AMC. Tell us more. Yeah, so what we are hearing is, I guess the frenzy has not just limited itself to Wall Street. Mm. All over the world, in Asia, even in Singapore, uh, everyone is trying to jump on the bandwagon. Retail investors here are also facing restrictions with the likes of IG, Philips Securities, iFast Financial, UBK Hand, Tiger Brokers, Interactive Brokers, the list goes on. And you can expect restrictions to, well, be there as long as what's happening is continuing to gain momentum. And what's worth watching as well is what the conversation is being framed up as. As you mentioned, uh, small versus big institutions. And in some conversations, it's described as retail investors versus the short sellers. And over the weekend, one of the big short sellers, Citron Research, has actually thrown in the towel after 20 years. And this is an example of how no, there is, to, to some extent, casualties in this saga. And the ecosystem now is starting to be questioned. Do we, will we be better off or worse off after all of this? Because now you have short sellers being put out of business. And if you think back into previous years, it was the short sellers that pointed out many corporate governance issues in the likes of Enron, mm-hmm. Noble Group, Sino Forest. So short sellers are an important part of the ecosystem. You need them there because you can't just have one side saying, hey, buy my company because I'm doing very well. You need someone to analyze it. Mm-hmm. And that's where short sellers come in with the research. Well, one argument is short selling really doesn't add anything of value to the market. But that argument is, yes, you know, they do help sort of burst would-be bubbles. A check and balance. Mm. Uh, what are analysts telling you now about shares of companies like these that have been pushed up by the Reddit crowd? People want to know, can I still jump in on GameStop, on AMC, on uh, Naked? Uh, can they maintain these highs or are their share prices likely to come back down to earth soon? Yeah, that is a million dollar or billion dollar question. Is there still legs on this rally, right? It has really driven up so much. I am still struggling to catch up on the numbers. <laughs> uh, if you look at what GameStop is doing, it has just shot up, right? And you need a constant stream of bias just to keep it going up because at some point, mm-hmm. everyone needs to cash out. And when that happens, it is going to be a tiny door with millions of investors rushing for the exit. Exit. So who is going to be left holding the bag? It's just almost like a game of hot potato being passed on to the next person and so forth. So at some point, this is all going to come apart and and this is a risk that you have to be willing to take. It's not an investment anymore. It is a momentum trade. So you really have to know what you are doing if you are getting into GameStop at this point. Yeah, there are several new angles and spin-offs from GameStop, the story to explore. Um, and we'll likely do that throughout the week. I want to start with silver. Silver prices are jumping this morning as retail sites became overwhelmed with demand for bars and coins over the weekend. This also attributed to the Reddit mob or crowd, I should say. I don't like labeling them a mob. Ryan, what's the latest? (laughs) Okay, so the Reddit rally is turning its focus to commodities. And interestingly, silver. So I tried to figure out what was going on. And apparently what I could, I guess, best come up with is this conspiracy theory making the rounds on Reddit about how they feel governments and financial institutions are 
kind of depressing artificially the prices of silver and other precious metals to mask the rate of inflation. So that is the theory going, making the rounds on Reddit. And that is encouraging enough of this Reddit crowd and retail investors to go into silver in a big way. And if I look at what has happened for silver prices in the past week, it's up 5% for spot prices, futures on the COMEX, and the very big and popular silver ETF, the iShares Silver Trust. So that is up more than 5% last week. Looking at this morning, it is up in the opening hour by nearly 9%. From Friday, it was at around $27. Now it is trading at around $29 plus. So Mm. silver prices are the latest target of the Reddit rally, but it is a very different picture when you look at commodities because the size of the market cap, market cap is different. The liquidity issues are different. So it's no longer a small cap stock with a limited number of shares. This is a huge universe of silver. So it is going to be a very different animal, so to speak. Yeah, looks like uh, that Goldman Sachs note that I saw on silver uh, might pan out. Goldman Sachs describing it as a precious metal on a January 27th note that had a price target of $30 an ounce for silver. Several U.S. sites said they were unable to process orders for silver over the weekend until markets opened in Asia this morning because of that unprecedented demand. Silver currently trading, as you heard, around $29 U.S. dollar that mark. Uh, the price of the precious metal up 60% so over a three the past week high. year. Yeah. Not every asset targeted by the Reddit retail crowd is doing well, though. The cryptocurrency Dogecoin could be a cautionary tale. So Dogecoin surged on Friday, but it did tumble, dropping more than 45% in just 24 hours. So I understand that sparked a flurry of online posts urging Dogecoin holders not to panic. I've always uh, had this argument. Is it Dogecoin or Doge coin? So anyway. <laughs> oh the, yeah, there's no D there. I think it the, might be Doge. Uh, mascot for this coin is a Shiba dog. It's a very cute dog. And it all started because of a meme. And that is pretty much the essence or the gist of this coin. It is a joke coin. And oh. someone came up with it as a joke. And it got enough momentum, enough fans, <laughs> enough support for this to have a life of its own. And looking at what's been happening, it was one of the talked about stocks on the Reddit forums. And on Friday, it was at around one cent and then jumped all the way up to seven cents per coin. And then it all tumbled again by half to around 2.5 cents on Saturday. And then it recovered to around three cents. So this is a story pretty much of cryptocurrencies. It can really swing in a wild way depending on how the wind blows and what Reddit people now are reading. So yeah. you have to be really careful when it comes to cryptocurrencies. Yeah, doggy coins, you're right, because uh, the emblem is a, is a dog, a really cute one, Shiba Inu. And uh, there are all sorts of memes going around, panic sellers, uh, little pups, you know, if you hold, you're a big dog. Oh, yeah. So I guess this shows the, the power of social and the power of the influences, so, so-called, on these um, Reddit threads to encourage people to hold or not. You know, they're imploring people to hold dog, mm. doggy coin. So talking about the power social, one mm. big influencer, Elon Musk, came up to tweet about doggy coin. In fact, he posted a poster, a fake poster of a dog, and he called it Dog. It's a fake Vogue makeover. So it's like a magazine <laughs> cover of Vogue, but with a dog on it. So that encouraged enough doggy coin supporters to go back in. So he didn't even say buy or hold. He yeah, just posted just one word. 
dog. <laughs> Not every asset, uh, as we say, doing well. Uh, Doggy coin currently trading around three and a half cents a coin. That's well below its seven cent peak, but also above its two point six cent trough on Saturday. Okay, one more story on this thread. Our last one for this morning, and it's about AMC Entertainment, the cinema chain reportedly considering leveraging its newfound popularity by raising more funds. So, what's the latest here? Yeah, so why not make hay while the sun is shining, right? So this is pretty much the essence of what's going on. AMC, a struggling cinema business now, is enjoying a rise in its stock price. So why not sell more shares and make some money? So that is pretty much what they're trying to do right now, just to capitalize on the frenzy. And it's also worth noting, since mid-December, they have already raised more than $900 million. So they have a pretty good runway when it comes to avoiding bankruptcy. So now with the share sale, they could be extending um, the runway even more. So it is going to be, I guess, important for them to make hay for a rainy day, so to speak, for a cinema business, right? What a turn of events for a cinema chain that has a thousand um, you know, cinemas nationwide in the US. Bankruptcy now off the table and a longer runway um, for, for its turnaround till 2021. Okay, let's zoom out for a minute to look at other issues that could be affecting markets this week. And one continuing story is that 1.9 trillion US dollar stimulus package proposed by US President Joe Biden. A group of Republicans in the US Senate have now made a counter proposal. It's a smaller package but would garner bipartisan support. Ryan, what do we know about this? Okay, I'm going to sum it up in a, I guess, shorter fashion. So you've got the Republicans, 10 of them, trying to convince Joe Biden and his um, gang or his supporters that this is too big. 1.9 trillion is too big. They Mm -hmm. are trying to trim it down to a shorter sum. I have some reports putting it down as less than one trillion. So that is what they're trying to do, make it more targeted and strip away anything that's not related to COVID-19. So we will be expecting more details in the coming hours. So more details potentially tonight around what the 10 Republicans are proposing. But for now, they say it's going to be more targeted. And we'll just, for example, for direct payments, not everyone will get it. Mm the more vulnerable might get a bigger sum. So that could work if you look at it in that sense of how not everyone was affected in the same way. Why give out the same amount to everyone? Mm. Some people might need more. So that is the argument they are coming up with. Uh, I've heard figures of $600 and $1,000 direct stimulus checks. Have you heard that? So that is uh, one of the numbers being thrown Mm. up. So we'll see... By tomorrow morning, if we can have uh, more colour on this. Last week was the worst week for the S&P 500 since October. And in terms of deleveraging by institutional investors, Morgan Stanley reports that it was the most the markets have seen since a huge drop last March. And that in turn had been the biggest move in a decade. So what else is on investors' radars this week? Yeah, talking about people being hurt in the US Mm. in terms of COVID-19. End of the week, we will get the January jobs numbers. You might remember last month in December, we had a surprise fall of 140,000. If you look at what's expected this round, we are looking at a potential rise of 50,000. So that is going to be putting the lens or the focus back on the state of the U.S. economy. So maybe that could be pushing or help push the needle when it comes to the conversation around the level of stimulus. Uh, so that would give another, uh, I guess, indicator of where we are on the U.S. economy. And also, earnings. This earnings season will be continuing to roll on 
And the big ones to watch this week will be Alibaba tomorrow. So look out for more momentum on e-commerce and cloud computing. Same for Alphabet. Cloud computing could be the driver for its results. And also Amazon. Same for e-commerce and cloud computing there as well. Yeah, a lot of people looking out for this software as a service stocks currently. Let's bring the discussion to Singapore now. The big corporate story last week was that Keppel is planning a pivot to clean energy and saying goodbye to its rig business. How have investors reacted to this news, Ryan? Yeah, so this is one of those, I guess, sign of the times mm. uh, because Keppel for a long time has been making rigs and they have been one of the leaders in making rigs. And now they are saying goodbye to this business. And it's reflective of how COVID-19 has affected the energy sector, the demand for oil. So the demand in turn for rigs is not as strong as before. So Capital is thinking the future for itself lies in renewable energy. So that is what the energy, or this is division, it will be focusing on uh, in time to come. So that is looking at what investors are saying. At least on Friday, we saw shares down by 8.2%. So a bit of a negative reaction on Friday. Uh, they do see some, I guess, bright side down the road. But the thing is, this will take some time to unwind because you need to sell it to someone. So you have to find a buyer for the rig business. And you also have, in, turn to, in time to come before they sell it, even more risk or exposure from the offshore marine sector. So you are looking at more restructuring potentially for capital. And if you look at what analysts are saying, uh, it is a very divided picture. Most of them are positive on the direction. And you have CGS, CIMB, for example, saying it is still an ad recommendation from them. Same for UOB, KHAN. Um, but they have lowered their target prices on capital. So CGS, CIMB is now looking at 640 from 646. And looking at UBK hand, they have lowered their target price to 610 from 630. So this is going to be a stock to watch for later today. Yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about in 35 minutes as well in Money and Me. I want to check in on the broader market now. Last week, the Straits Times Index waved goodbye to the 3,000 mark. It fell 3% to finish the week at just two points above 2,900. For the month of January, though, it was still up. So, Ryan, how was the blue chip index um, starting off February? Okay, so looking at February, or rather January 1st, we had 17 winners on the STI. And looking at how we fared for last month, it was mostly positive. If I look at the STI, it was up 1.9%. Even though we had a rather bad week down 3%, it was still up by 1.9%. And among the top gainers, Thai Beverage, and those in the news because of a potential IPO brewing, uh, it might be raising $10 billion for its brewery business by listing on the SGX. So for last month, it was up 13%. On Friday, it was up by 0.6%. And if you look at how Thai Bev is doing right now, uh, we are tracking it with a flat action right now. It's not moving much at 82 and a half cents. Another one to look out for, of course, uh, we've have been talking about Comfort Delgro in the past few days. That is a company trying to get back into the right hailing business again by having a fleet of, bus- of vehicles to complement its taxis. If you look at what Comfort is doing right now, on Friday it was down by 5.4%, and right now it's extending or returning those gains 
or extending those losses, excuse me, mm-hmm. by 1.3%, $1.56. And here's one stock worth watching. We've heard about Wall Street bets. How about Bursa bets? So this is the Malaysian yes. version of it. Glove makers in focus. Glove makers in focus. <laughs> they had a poll running and they were deciding between Air Asia oh. or Top, Top Glove. So Top Glove won. And of course, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch because we saw Top Glove down um, or rather up by nearly 8% on Friday. If I look at what Top Glove is doing so far in the opening minutes, it's up by 1.8% in the Singapore market. So Top Glove, the latest target besides silver mm-hmm. among the retail investing crowd from Reddit. You hang out in these threads now, Ryan? Wall Street bets. <laughs> now I have Versa to bets. put it on my reading list on top of the <laughs> other sites that I usually go to. So Tell me about that it. is a very colorful place. New places to hang out. It is the first day of February. This has been Market View. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Good to have you with us. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.